Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. We put it to the test. Definitely watch out for that little checked box. Facebook's targeting expansion box. A 25% difference can have a huge effect on your business. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. Hello and welcome to episode number 113, the lucky 113 of Perpetual Traffic. Today's episode, Molly Pittman is going to be going through a case study, case study that they recently did at Digital Marketer about a new feature inside the Facebook ad platform, Facebook's targeting expansion box. So Ralph, Molly, how are you guys doing? Doing great. Awesome. Excited about this. To expand or not to expand? That is the question. That is the question. I think this will be a little mini algorithm lesson as well. You know, when you hear us have this discussion and Molly talk about the results, I think the more you hear these types of experiments and, and what happens, I think you just get a better understanding of how it works in general. This is another one that we get a lot of questions about. I'm sure you guys get tons of questions about in DM Lab and, and all the different groups that you're involved in. It's like there's just so many new features and people get confused. Should I use it? Should I not use it? What do I do? Right. So we put it to the test, the test, we put it in the test yeah, kitchen. We put it to the test. And the good thing is, is here, I think Molly has a suggested way to go about it. So you're not going to be guessing yeah. every time. Well, should I try this one or this one for this one? There, there's <laughs> an actual process say, do it this way first and then try it the next way. So that's good. It's going to be hopefully clear and simple for you today. Let's get right into it. So Molly, what got you to test this new feature? I mean, were people asking about it? Were you guys wondering what was the idea here? So the targeting expansion box popped up sometime last year inside of the Facebook ad platform. And was it inside of a Johnson box? By chance? <laughs> right? Way back in episode 10, Mr. Russ Henneberry came on and was talking about how to optimize <laughs> content marketing and how to optimize blog posts and stuff like that. And he mentioned uh, the old Johnson boxes and, and how they can help your, yeah. your customers do what you really want them to do. 
The first step starts with determining your call to action, but don't forget to actually put it in there. The way that we actually do this at, at Digital Marketer is we will have banners built or we'll use something called a Johnson box, which is literally just a, a piece of HTML code. And it's sort of legendary. It's actually. such a great it's, name. It's it's our favorite thing to say. Yeah, we love the Johnson <laughs> the box. The Johnson really, box. Everybody in Digital Marketer Lab loves the Johnson box too. But it, it, all it is is it's a different colored box that draws the eye and we'll put a call to action in there. Um, or we'll have a custom graphic made and we'll put that in there. And that's one type of call to action that you can put in there. The targeting expansion box, I think I saw it sometime last year and we've been meaning to test to see really if it has an impact on our campaign. So as we do in true lab form, we ran a split test. But before I get to that, I wanted to explain exactly what this is. If you haven't seen this inside of your ad account or you don't know what Facebook's targeting expansion box is, Facebook says targeting expansion gives us the option to expand your target audience if we think doing so will get you better results. It allows us to adjust your interest-based targeting, the kind you choose in the detailed targeting section of ad set creation, to reach more people who may get you more and or cheaper results but wouldn't otherwise have been in your target audience. It's available to ad sets that are part of campaigns using the conversions, app installs, lead generation, engagement, or traffic marketing objectives. Like they said, if you're at the ad set level underneath the detailed targeting box where you input, you know, interests, demographics, or behaviors that you want to target you'll see a little box that you can check and it says expand interest when it may increase conversions at a lower cost per conversion. Of course, if you're optimizing for something else, it won't say, you know, increase conversions. But if you're inside of Ads Manager at all and you're looking at the ad set level, it should be pretty self-explanatory. And uh, we also have a screenshot at digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast um, if you're confused as to where this box lives. So basically, the idea is that if you click this box, Facebook, of course, is going to take into account your interest targeting and who you have said that you want to target. But this gives Facebook the ability to also show your ad to other people that they feel may be interested in your offer, other people that they think based off of, you know, all of the data points that Facebook has on all of its users, you know, show it to people that they think might take the action that you're really hoping for in the campaign. So like I said earlier, we decided to run a simple split test to really see if this box had any effect on results. So what I did is I set up two separate campaigns that were absolutely identical, except for one had the box checked on every ad set and the other didn't. Just to give you a little backstory, uh, this was a campaign we were optimizing for website conversions for our 
blog post template lead magnet. So I'm optimizing to generate leads and to get people to opt in for this particular lead magnet. Now, both campaigns had 14 ad sets. So I wanted to make sure I wasn't just testing this in a vacuum, uh, but that we were showing this to many different audiences, again, to see how this box would affect results. So one of the ad sets was to warm traffic. So just retargeting people who have visited our site and people that were on our email list. Five of the ad sets were lookalike audiences. So one was a lookalike of the top 5% of people who spend the most time on our website. One was a lookalike of lab members, uh, one of our products and the product that we will eventually sell in this particular funnel. One was a lookalike of our email list. One was a lookalike of a custom audience with people who have the highest lifetime value in our database, our customers. And then the fifth lookalike was a lookalike of everyone who had visited our website in the past few months. And then I also had eight ad sets that were all interest targeting. So eight different groups of interest that we decided to target based off of the offer. So the offers for blog post templates. So we targeted, you know, different tools that bloggers use, different social media tools. We did target some people by job title. We targeted different interests around content marketing, you know, blogs and authority figures uh, that content marketers really look up to. So those eight interest groups were very different and all cold traffic. So just to set the stage, 14 ad sets, 13 of them were to cold traffic, five of those were lookalike, eight were interest, and one was to warm traffic. So I set the two campaigns up. They both ran for 10 days. Each had a $5,000 budget, so we did put some real gas behind it. This is a pretty cool test. So again, the only difference between the two campaigns was that one, the ad sets had this box checked and the other campaign did not. So do you guys want to hear the results? We would love to. We would love to. Um, so again, you guys can find this chart at digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast if you're a little bit more visual, but just a rundown of the results. Both spent a little bit over $5,000 in terms of number of leads generated. When we clicked that expand button, we generated 1,665 leads. When we didn't click, we generated 1,987 leads. Not clicking the button, when we didn't click that box, we generated 322 more leads. So clicking that box affected us in terms of lead volume. If we would have just checked the box and not have tested it the other way, we would have generated 322 less leads with the same spend. Uh, so the first number that's, that's really, really different, checking this box affected the volume of results that we got. In terms of reach, when we did check the box, we reached 206,000 people. When we didn't, we reached 210. So we reached about 4,000 more people when we didn't check the box. And then cost per lead, which is ultimately the success metric that we're looking at for this campaign, 
when we did check the box, our cost per lead was 25% higher. So on average, when we checked the box, our cost per lead was $3.24. When we didn't, it was $2.58. And I checked in on these campaigns every day just to, to see what was going on. And this was consistent across the board. This wasn't something that had just happened after 10 days. From the moment we launched this campaign, a few hours later, I was already noticing that our cost per lead was a lot lower when we didn't check that box. So your cost per lead was lower when you didn't use expand interest, right? So the audience exactly. was supposedly smaller. When we didn't check that box, the cost per lead was, you know, 25% lower, which was pretty shocking. I didn't expect there to be that big of a difference here. And then to go over some other points of data that might be interesting to you guys, unique clicks from the ads. When we did check the box, we generated 2,864 clicks. When we didn't, we generated 2,984 clicks. So a little bit over a hundred more clicks when we didn't check the box. Our cost per unique click when we did check the box was $1.88. When we didn't, it was $1.71. So about 17 cents cheaper when we didn't check the box. And then the last data point, the conversion rate on the page, when we did use expand interest, the conversion rate on the page was 58%. And when we didn't, it was 66%. So a higher conversion rate on the page when we didn't use the expanded interest. So from this test that we ran across the board, much better results when we did not use the expanded interest box. Interesting. And if you extrapolate into higher costs, right? I mean, it sounds small because you're using smaller numbers, but if you're trying to optimize for a sale or a, a demonstration of a software or something, and you go from $12 per conversion, now you're jumping up to maybe 16 or 17 or 18, depending on your differences. Yeah, 25% difference in, you know, cost on your success metric can have a huge effect on your business and your Facebook ad campaigns. Yeah, absolutely. And it certainly seems like you really need to work on your conversion rates on your landing page for your, that loser <laughs> campaign at 58%. That's horrible, Molly. I don't know what you guys are doing over there. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. 58% is insanely good on cold traffic. Just so you guys know, it's 66% is like otherworldly. This has been a big question inside the agency for us. We have tested this somewhat, not as methodically as you guys have done here, which is so cool. But we've actually found that in, when, in cases where we leave the box checked, meaning expand audiences underneath detailed targeting, that we have noticed, and sometimes this slips through our quality controls, the ad sets that actually have expanded interests on them or have the box checked do end up having a higher cost per acquisition, cost per lead. So as a default, we always tell as an agency SOP, so to speak, we say, make sure you uncheck that box as right. of right now until we know for sure whether or not it's yes or no. I mean, this all goes back to good audience research, which you obviously have done here. And we were talking about that before we started the show here today is like you had you did a lot of exhaustive like Google searches and you interviewed Russ Hennebery, who knows everything there is about blogging and all kinds of other stuff. And so you had a really good base knowledge of good interests. Absolutely. 
to start with, which is really a great place to start. So if you do that homework up front, you really don't need this right now. But like you say, you got to test it. You definitely should test it. It kind of leads into like three big takeaways that we have for this. And the first is this could be situational. There's a lot at play here. It absolutely could depend on how good you are at research and figuring out your targeting. Um, It can also depend on what you're optimizing for. So as always, this is not the end all be all. This is just what we have seen. And I agree, Ralph, across different ad accounts that I've looked at. It does seem to be consistent across most campaigns. So if you don't feel like testing it, let us shortcut for you and just don't check the box. But if you're really, really interested run the test yourself because, you know, everyone's selling different products. There are lots of variables here. So you could get different results and we would love to hear that. But also the second takeaway, this campaign that we ran, the goal was to generate new leads for the business, new customers. This was going to completely cold traffic except for that one ad set. So I think this is a great takeaway too for when you are launching cold campaigns, I definitely would not use the expand interest box. Now, I do think that there could be a place to use it. And that's when you go to scale. So the next part of this test is going to come when we start to see the cost per lead rise and we start to see frequency increase. And when I start to see the frequency of these ad sets and these ads getting to three, you know, four, five range, I'm going to go in and check the box to see if that will help us scale. Right. So I think that expanded interest could come into play later on in your campaign after you have targeted the audience, after you have done the research, you're targeting a really good audience, but the audience is getting tired, right? There's fatigue. But also, while you've run this campaign, Facebook has collected a lot of data, right? So they know what the people look like who are actually taking the action that you're optimizing for. So I think there is a chance for expanded interest to be very useful when you go to scale because you can go in and maybe, you know, hopefully what we find is that you check the box and this gives Facebook the wiggle room to start showing your ad to other people who are most like the ones who have already converted. So stay tuned. That's just a theory. But I think that that's a great use case for this particular box. And the third takeaway was it's August 2017 right now. We could be having a very different conversation by the end of the year or next year, right? Facebook's always getting better. They're always improving on their algorithm So there is a possibility that this expanded interest feature could become smarter, right? So we will need to retest this because if it's constantly getting better, it could be a different story later in time. Yeah, definitely. And I think that next test, I mean, that's going to be something that's really, really interesting because if you do get up to the point where you do have a high frequency and typically you'll see that in your cost per lead starting to creep up, as we call it, CPL creep. (laughs) The creep. The creep that's lurking out there. But at that point, you've trained the algorithm to go out and search for the right types of customers that are going to come to you and come into your funnel at 
a at the lowest cost per lead as you possibly can. So that learning that's been done without the box checked may actually help you to expand your reach once that audience starts to tire. So this could be a potential scaling mechanism. We don't have that data yet. I'm really interested to see what happens with this campaign here because we're always sort of looking for other ways to expand. How can we continuously broaden out our reach and also get highly targeted people for our offer? So this might prove to be a sort of a step two or phase two of this awesome test you guys did here. Yeah. I think my biggest takeaway is if you're just getting started, and I don't mean that, and if you're just getting started with Facebook ads, but if you're just getting started with a new campaign, especially if you're launching to cold traffic, definitely don't check the box. Don't use expanded targeting. Do your research, target interests where you know your audience is hanging out. Trust yourself. And we'll get back to you guys in terms of using this as a scaling mechanism. That box is automatically checked when you create a brand new campaign. They want to expand this. And we've even talked to our partner manager about it. And she's, you know, we love her, but we have not gotten a really specific answer as to how to use it and when to use it. And that's why we test this stuff first before we sort of, you know, make a recommendation to you guys. But definitely watch out for that little checked box underneath detailed targets. Targeting, uncheck it to start, and then tune into later episodes as to what you should do next. And the other thing is just two things to add. Just understanding the algorithm is that if you do want to check the box, let's say your campaign's been running or something like that for a while and you want to add it or you just want to try it out, I don't think checking the box is a ticket to have bigger budgets. I would say keep your budgets the same, if not reduce, because then Facebook just has more time to go out to that bigger, broader audience and it'll, it'll just reduce your frequency you know, to the same people. It's also not an excuse for you to not do your, your research for your targeting, right? This isn't a quick or easy button that's going to help shortcut. You still have to figure out where your audience is hanging out. So this is not an easy button. And the other, <laughs> yeah, and totally. And the other thing is, is I think for, and I'd love to hear from anybody if they've seen something like this, but once in a while we've talked about before, if somebody has a, a post that is an ad, that is very, very super shareable. Maybe it was viral for a while first, or it's got a lot of viral tendencies to it. And you find that going to super large audiences or you know, sometimes we find with those kind of posts, you can get better results using the page post engagement objective or, or video views objective instead of website conversions. If it's a you know, really high relevance, like 10 plus relevant, and it just works better with really wide audiences, if you have an ad or a post like that, I could see where expanded interest will actually outperform, but it's a rare case. And so I, you know, I'd love to hear if anybody in the groups or anything like that has had that happen. Yeah, because those types of posts, I mean, it's it's hard to kind of say exactly how to construct them unless you really, really know what you're doing. You really know your avatar. But I mean, those types of posts really do well with very broad audiences. So that would be an interesting uh, test as well, Keith. Totally agree. Cool. Good stuff, Molly. Other than that, Molly, this has been great stuff. Yeah. Thanks for listening as always. We appreciate you guys. Good stuff. Can't wait to hear the progression. As always, head to digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. This is episode lucky 113. And we will talk to you guys soon. Have a great week. See ya. You've been 
been listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Grant, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. We're talking Johnson boxes and grease shoot openings. <laughs> I'm like, we got grease shoot shoots and Johnson boxes on here. <laughs> we're talking Johnson. We're talking Johnson boxes and grease shoot openings. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. John Moran here. Q1 is closing and it probably didn't go as well as you'd hoped. I'm sure your agency is telling you that they crushed it, but in reality, it probably crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you, or if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what, go to tier11.com forward slash apply. That's tier11.com forward slash apply. And we'll get set up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make agencies look good.